Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Um, I was thinking about it, like, what do I have to report to Corey today? Um, and uh, I think I'm just going to mention this other podcast I've been listening to. Um, and I, I may have mentioned to you, I don't remember in all the whirlwind of starting this job and everything, um, but uh, it's called Ridiculous Romance. And it is, it's such a fascinating podcast. Um, it's a husband and wife, and they talk about um, all these different romances um, over, over the years. Um, and like really, you know, strange romances, um, weird things that have happened in romances. Like they, they went over a, like the first thruple, um, which was uh, like, well, their, their first episode about thruples, um, which is the guy who created Wonder Woman. And I thought that was really interesting because who knew that it, there was a whole backstory. Like there's a lot of history in it and it's just, um, I, I enjoy them very much and I thought you might enjoy it and I wanted to just kind of shout out to, to them on the podcast because I love their podcast and uh, yeah, how are you? I'm great. You know, I, I've been seeing lots of um, changes with some of our guests recently. Um, I know I talked to you about one of them uh, recently, but uh, shout out to all our previous guests who are rising above things um mariah who was crushed by a tree she's now working um at a local hospital being like a trauma like recovery like coordinator person for a program um megan one of our very first guests is off to harvard in like a year and all our guests are just making their lives like better and and giving us more like you know moments to hype them up and everything so it's, yeah, really, it's really special, but it's really inspiring. <laughs> I love it. Um, so today we have a, a great guest, someone we've been trying to get for a while, and it's worked out. The stars have aligned. Um, he's an author, a Christian, uh, a father, um, just a, a man of a man of all trades. Please welcome to the podcast, Matthew Paul Turner. It's nice to be here, but I am not a man of all trades because <laughs> you would not want me to come in and do plumbing or <laughs> kind of anything that requires like a hammer or nail. Like it's just not pretty. <laughs> a man of many hats. Uh, yeah. No. So yeah, it's um. But yes, I I, I definitely have I definitely do a, a a good many things, but um. But thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So Matthew, it's funny. I actually have been following you on Twitter for years. I think I haven't really followed you on Instagram until probably the past couple of years, but a long time ago when I was really heavy on the Twitter, I was following you. And um, so for all of us, 2020 was this really crazy year. I mean, I met Jamie and I started this podcast. That was great. But, you know, we have social, political, world health, everything is going crazy. And you decide to put a little icing on top of this cake, Matthew, in, in, in a unique way. I don't, I don't mean like it's a bad thing, but I mean like you, you, add, you add some, add some, some, compli- some, some new, new challenges to your life, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And in July, so actually almost, almost, a, almost a year now, you make this announcement. Um, you say you and your wife are divorcing. And the reason you're divorcing is because you are gay. So that yep. <laughs> it, it really made 2020 so much better. <laughs> no. Oh man. And, and it's, um, 
it's funny because I think that it's weird to go through a situation or a story that where um, we all have a common denominator of stress, more stress than what we're normally walking through, which is was the pandemic. There was a, a very, I mean, certainly people in, engaged the pandemic in certain ways, different ways, and some carried more stress than others. Someone, some people were carrying more grief, but everyone was carrying something with it. And it's weird to walk through all of our daily lives to not just have this this common denominator of, of pain and um, you know just loneliness. Um, we are di we're overly disconnected from all the people who love us, who we love. Um, and then to walk through a separation um, and then a coming out, me coming out. And, and it's, um, in, in some ways, I think that the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic helped us find a place, find that place that we needed. Like we knew we needed to make these, make this choice. But, um, but I think having a, that, all that, that time together really forced us, pushed Jessica and I to um, make hard, make the hard choice, make the hard decision that what we needed to do. And I think both of us knew what we needed to do. It's just like getting to that place. Cause it, we, you know, we had been walking through this for months and months prior to all of, you know, everyone in, you know, in our social media circles, finding out or learning about it. Um, but it's um, it was a it was weird to walk through this experience, and to watch something that you've been walking through for a long, long time to get turned into a headline. And you know, on one hand, you have the Christian media who you know they were there was lots of judgment on that side, and then you know, and then honestly, there was even judgment on the on the LGBTQ side, and like because they all assume that I'm just this asshole Christian who has lashed out against, you know, which is, I get it. People, we respond to situations and things that we hear because of the pain that we've walked through and our experiences and people, the church has hurt so many people. Um, anyway, so it was, it was definitely, it was definitely odd to walk through that with this pandemic because it kind of, we were already divided and you kind of like go through this time period where you don't know who you can call for a little bit. I mean, there was like our closest friends already knew, like, you know, we, we had prepared that, but um, we were already in a lonely place and we kind of walked through this really difficult season with as much love for each other as we possibly could you know, possess or hold on to. Um, and we were doing that even in a very lonely point. Um, and I think there was a point, there was a time, a moment where it just kind of clicked where we just, we, we were going to have to lean on each other a little bit more for a little longer to get through it. Um, we lived in different houses at that point, but we lived really close together and we just, um, we were able to walk through some really difficult seasons together. Um, and I, you know, the thing I, I'm very careful. I don't want, I never want to speak on Jessica's behalf. Um, that Jessica's story, all this is Jessica's story. 
Um, and so I'm very careful. I want to be careful about saying that. But for me, it was um, this time of this pandemic gave me time and space to kind of become comfortable in my gay skin, if you will, or my new, this new out being out. Um, because like I had gotten to a place where, I mean, I, I remember a month after I started, I, I went to a new therapist uh, <laughs> um, a month after I came out publicly. And I, you know, emotionally vomited all over him for, for you know, the first 40 minutes. And as you should. he looked at me <laughs> as, yes. Um, and he, uh, he looked at me and he said, um, Matthew, uh, you do realize that you haven't started accepting yourself, right? <laughs> Just, and at that point, I'm like, I really thought I had come a long way, <laughs> you know? But like, he was so right. Like there was this, um, I had put so much um, emotional energy into this coming out publicly um, and had filled in the blanks um, of what was gonna happen um, that I, that I had forgotten to really like walk through and become okay on my own. I was worried, my, my, my relationship with my parents and my family has been, you know, my extended family has been rough for, I mean, since the, since I told them. And, and so it was, um, it was one of the hardest seasons to walk through and we're still walking through some aspects of it um and yet i was no longer walking in a fog um the fog lifted like that's the one thing that is like everyone was like how you doing i'm not walking around in a fog anymore like it just it was a um and and and, and because people were like you know were you were you were you like like were you always unhappy and no it wasn't like it was but I was always walk I always felt like I was 80 percent at 80 percent I never I was never more than 80 percent like I was at, you know in some days it was hard you know it was 50 percent but like it was all it was this emotional um fog that just sat over me um and you know like it's it's I, I've told friends it's like it's weird in 2021 or 2020 to walk through life and not have, and not be able to relate to anything that Brene Brown says, because like, you're not living, you're not being vulnerable. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not being, the truth isn't, the truth is very different in your, in my circle, in my world. And so like, I, I, Brene Brown was triggering for me um, for a really long time. And it, um, so it was, uh, it was one of the most beautiful, painful, hopeful, freeing seasons. And it was, and it was a mixed bag. <laughs> it was a real mixed bag. Um, but we, my kids are doing great. Jessica and I are still very much best friends. We hung out this morning celebrating my, our middle kid's birthday. Um, and so we're doing, we're doing the best we can to put our kids first, put our friendship first and, um, and grief, grieve what is 
no longer. And I think the hardest part for me was learning how to hold joy and empathy at the same time. Um, like you can you can experience experience those things certainly at the same time but for me it was hard like i always felt like i had to either like how be 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 happy or be content when i was just by myself or be you know empathetic when i was around jessica like it was just a very um weird path to kind of learn that process and some days i'm still learning it um but it's uh so yeah 2020 was a um big well i'm big hearing year. all this stuff and i mean obviously there's there's so much layered into this because you're on this side of it now and you've you've been going through it and with the past year and you got to celebrate your first pride month this month and everything you know which is which is awesome you know but you have you know you have jessica you have your kids they're still all affected because they are still very much a part of your life I mean, you, you don't, you don't divorce your kids when you get divorced by any means, but also too, it's not only looking at like your career, you're a Christian author, but you, you've been in the church for how many years now? I mean, did you grow up in the church? Yeah. I'm, I, I don't remember a time that God wasn't somehow involved. Yeah. And in so, life. I mean, you yeah. have the, cause the church of course has this perception of the LGBTQ plus community and how it is you know, this is not right. This should not be happening. This is an abomination, quote unquote, all these things. So you're growing up, you know, and you're realizing like, yes, I, this, this is my truth. And maybe you're able to, you know, scoot past it. But for a lot of years, it was probably a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of reprogramming either from yourself or from the, the religious environment around you. That was really, um, that you probably had to work against when you were finally ready to make, make the change the amount of self homophobia that i felt toward me for a long time um i mean like everyone talks about like the homophobia that comes from other people but it like in a lot of ways it's the the the, the stuff the, the homophobia that is self inflicted that that is on the inside of us is um the most difficult to not only see um but to come to terms with, uh, I, it's, I, I knew that I wasn't straight when I was a teenager, like yeah. 16, 17, but I, I grew up in an independent fundamental Baptist church where it was, I mean, when the, when our pastors and when my, even my father, my parents, like when they said the word homosexual, it was as if, it, it was as if they could smell the word, like that kind of like um, disgust. And so uh, knowing, knowing that I had this in me um, or it was a part of me somehow, I didn't understand it. I didn't, I mean, I had questions. I just avoided it. Uh, anytime it got talked about like, if somebody just jokingly made a joke toward me about being, you know, you know, using the the F A G word toward me, or you know, at the you know back then when queer was this derogatory word that you know people would like when they would use that word toward, 
like it would bring up all of this stuff in me. Um, you, when you're in that world, you don't like, there's, there's really no outlet to engage it from a healthy perspective because like that, you know, nobody, you don't, you can't trust the church, especially a conservative church to have any kind of, um, there, there's no grace in it all. Like there's no great, there was like, especially like, you know, these, this is like mid nineties, late, you know, early two thousands. Like there was just, it was either, you know, conversion therapy or, or completely walk away from your life. And so that um, it didn't seem like a choice that I, I, I was able to make. Not, I mean, it's, it, were there days when I felt like I could make one of those choices? Sure. Um, and usually it would have been the, I would have walked away. I would have run, run away from it all. Um, but it just, yeah. So it was this, this past year was, or getting to the place where I could actually do 2020 the way we did it. Like it was, it took a lot of, um, took a lot of therapy, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, learning how to love myself and, you know, like being able to apply the grace that I, I'd long I had, I, I, the one thing that I didn't want to do is I did not want to be, ever be one of those people who knew he was gay, but also like had any kind of like theology that was anti-gay. Like I was, I wanted to, I was able to accept other people being who they wanted to be and who God, like who God made them to be long before I was ever able to give that, give that grace to myself. Now, I, I recognize that that is a, that that's problematic in and of itself. Like, I think that there is a, there's a layer of privilege and all that. There's a layer of like the miss, like there's, there's some junk in there. Um, but I definitely wanted, I definitely did not want to make it harder for people to be themselves. I wanted, if I, I, I got to a place in my career where if, I, if I wasn't, if I, I, I didn't think that I would ever be out. So my thought was, if I'm not going to be out, how can I use what I am given or what's in front of me to bring and make the path easier for other people? Like, what can you I, know, what can I do? It's tough. Um, I think this applies to a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of people's stories of like, you know, we have, we, we give other people grace, right? We give other people respect and we respect them and we honor their, their truths and all and everything. But for some reason, we, we still hold ourselves to this higher level of, of standards that we're not, you know, doing with others. And it's like, if, why can't we do that for ourselves? For, I, I think for me and for, it was pride. Like it was, I had such a self-loathing and such a fear of what, how, I mean, like even now, if we were to sit here and talk about my parents and how they think about me now, I could sink into a little bit of sadness that they, that I have given them what I'd always thought was their nightmare. And again, I know that in some cases I probably fill in the blanks a little bit, but I also also know that what I heard throughout my entire life, anytime somebody was 
you know, anytime there was anything that was remotely gay on the television or remotely, you know, if we found out that somebody that we knew was gay, like what people, what, what was said verbally in those moments. And so there was this, all this fear. So I literally, like there, there the death, the death for me in that, in, in the story, it was me getting to a place where I was okay with being myself and 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 knowing that my 81 year old father might never fully accept me again um and that in case that in a lot of ways that's true because my dad hasn't he's not spoken to me for a year and a week and so yeah and so like there's a that and that's been the hardest part of this um, the hardest part of the whole story has been just, you know, my, the, the separation that it has caused, you know, with my extended family. Um, and so it's, uh, and that's still, still something that's one of the reasons why I went to, you know, you know, I'm still in therapy is to work through my role in, in that, like, what is my role? What is my, what, how, how much do I need to do in order to um, help them down this really difficult path for them um, when they're the reason why I've, that the path was so really, truly difficult for me. <laughs> like, and so like, and I know that, you know, it's like, on one hand, I think, oh my gosh, why would I ever do that? And then on the other hand, you, you, you have this, oh my God, they're my mom and dad, you know, like, so it's, it's, there's lots of layers in that. As if grief wasn't hard enough. And then we have to manage other people's grief alongside our own. And, you know, I think what's tough, especially listening to, to your story is that this is just one piece of who you are. It's not your whole self and all of the things that they love about you still exist. And I and guarantee- some of, them, some of them are because I'm gay. Like some of the things they love about me, I mean like, like are because I, they're because of things that are often associated with people who are gay. Like, I mean, it's just, it just is like, and so I say it's hard for me to walk through it with them. Um, because their grief, what they grieve is my freedom and what my freedom, like <laughs> my freedom is their, like, it's just a weird place. And so like, I am, um, I'm still, that's the one, that's the, the one big area that I'm still in very much in a very processing part of the story. Does my, your therapist say anything about that? Oh, absolutely. We talk every week about it. <laughs> so. Like what, 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 is, what is their perspective on it? I'm curious. Well, it's my, you know, it, it is a, it's one of those things where I am trying to use safe moments to engage them, keep the door open. My goal is he, he wants me not to be, that I that it's not my responsibility to to get them to a place where they're okay like that that they're okay with it um that's not my responsibility um the the hard thing for me is keeping it like it's one thing okay I'm, it's not my responsibility I can wipe that off my plate I need to like do I need to deal with that like a death and just like 
but where where I'm over there, where there's got to be this crack open, just in case there is, like I don't because I love my family, you know. Like there's this love that I I like. There are parts of my family, or parts of the 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 story about my family. Like even though we disagree on like almost every major issue from a political standpoint and even from a theological standpoint, there are moments that I want to call my sister up and say did you see this? Because I know that she's going to laugh with the same emotion and same feeling and have that same reaction that I would, that, that I am going to laugh at. And that's what sort of keeps that, that door open for me over here. Um, but it's hard to kind of uh, constantly keep that door open <laughs> just sitting there. Like it's like, it, like, because it just, it, I, I, you know how you are you you're as time goes on you're the door you become used to the door being just cracked open and you don't want to go back and open the door again you know and the other thing is is that with so many people and we know like even for me when I look back in my process of accepting myself and accepting other people it was a very much of like you know you take it in stages and you'd like and, and all of a sudden you get to the place where it's you know, you're all of, you're all affirming, but it is, it's a stage of learning and a stage of, um, you know, being questioned and put in your place and it's all these layers. And so I don't have the emotional energy to do that with my family. And when you've, when you were raised in fundamentalism, the, the space between me, where I am now and, and where they are is so great that um, I have to have um, healthy tactics to engage it, but also not engage it. Um, and so like, it's a really, it's been a learning balance and I'm still learning how to do that um, with complete healthiness. You were talking about the layers and everything and I'm kind of curious, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, jump around. So I apologize if I'm throwing you off or anything, but so thinking about, um, you know, prior to to making this big announcement to to separating to divorcing from jessica and everything you were going you you said before you were going through counseling and trying to figure this out now for you was it was it kind of unpacking the layers to realize that there there was no way to change this or did you have watershed moments where you said okay like sorry hon i love you but it is is, for me it was very much the um knowing that for me to live in truth meant that I was going to hurt people I still very much love. And so that's still very much uh, difficult for me to walk through because um, there were lots of little lessons learned and all that. But what I, but for me, just getting to a place where I was actually going to do what I knew I needed to do um, to to be happy was um, going through the process of learning how to hurt the people you love, because that was um, you, you there was an ownership of that pain that I had to learn how to take. Yeah, because I'm sure to a point too, because you seem like you. I mean, from what I've seen of you, what I've heard of you, like your life was that was your family, you know. So you you almost probably would have made yourself a martyr at that point to say, okay, I'm gonna put aside what 
what I what I need to make sure these people don't get hurt. Is the, is Absolutely. That I think though that there was this other part of me that I was losing the ability to be fully present. Like I was losing the ability to be the um, the human, the male human in the house where, you know, and, and the, the father figure that I, like there was a lot of myself. I was, I, I, there was a point in our, in Jessica and I's relationship where I just, started to lose bits and pieces of me. And one of the things that, that I, you know, she told me, I guess, six, seven, eight months ago, is, as hard as this, this, as hard as this has all been, she goes, I feel like I've gotten you back. That's something that I think we also forget too, is that we, we care so much about the people we love um, that we do allow ourselves to lose ourselves a little bit but in that we're not being our full selves and they're not getting our full selves and to really love them is to give them our full selves and that the hurt that they're feeling is valid, but it's because they love us too, you know? So like, I, I think a lot of like, you know, what you're dealing with with your parents, like, you know, it's just them trying to to wrap their heads around it but it doesn't take away from the love you know what I mean and I think sometimes you know everybody reacts differently to things and um and 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 maybe it's a pride thing on on their side as well of like and there's also like we all we all talk about how you know, there is this um, expectation in culture to not accept this or to accept this or, and yet we all have personal relationships that throw wrenches into how those, how we get to those expectations. And some, for some people, it's a lot longer process. Um, and, you know, it's a, uh, we all have different stories that have gotten us to where we are now. Um, and sometimes it takes, you know, it takes us to where we, to get to where we are accepting and not living in fear and to embrace life as your true vulnerable self. Getting to that place sometimes requires different elements in our stories. And sometimes it takes longer for people to get there. I'm not saying that that we should that there should be this overwhelming amount of grace for every little person's story that you know to get them to that th place, but it's just a reality that I you know I there are people my age who went you know who came in to their gay story long before I ever was ready to do that. They walked through very similar circumstances growing up in you know in faith and church and so and 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 somehow they found a they found a thread of strength that i don't i can't comprehend i can't comprehend going through what i've gone through in 1998 I and mean, it was a very different the, the the story would be very different and so that uh it just took me I, our stories were different and it took me a lot, a lot, it took me a different path in order to get to a place where I was. And so like, while I do try to have lots of grace for people who aren't accepting of me, because I know that, that we are all on this different thread 
that's different. You know, we all have different stories happening. Um, I do know that uh, that maybe maybe my story can be a part of their process, and that was one of the reasons why. Because I the the one request when Jessica and I we came to a place in our story where it was we knew we were going to be separating, um, and she was like, "I have one, I have one request." She goes, "I I want us to be able to, I want to be." I want to be able to be honest about where I am in all that the, the journey is going to come, that, that what's, what's coming down the pike. And so I want, I, I think you need to come out to your parents. And I, I, I for a minute, <laughs> for a minute, I was like, huh, huh, you know, anyway, but she was right for us. For us in that spot, I don't think that that is the correct answer for all the people who are in that story. That should be for them to decide. But for us, where we were, it was definitely the right decision because Jessica, I mean, she knows me um, and she knows that I, I could have lived in this half out, half not out place that lots of gay people in the church get real comfortable living in. And so, um, and also giving her the freedom to tell her story the way it is, like that is, that was the right thing to do. Um, since we both have that, we both have a, a social media presence. We both have, you know, people who, you know, are, our businesses depend on it, our lives, our livelihoods or whatever. So giving her the space and the ability to tell the story um, was the right thing to do. I didn't like the right thing to do at, the, at that moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but looking back, I can see where um, it was very much the right thing. To do. I'm incredibly impressed by just how mature, how solid, how thoughtful you both were um it, it does it takes a lot <laughs> it takes a lot of emotion it takes a lot of thought it takes a lot of gumption <laughs> bravery yeah and and <laughs> and love and 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 processing love in a in a new way um process it you know it's uh knowing that to do the right thing requires to go through a lot of pain like that. And that's, and so, and especially for Jessica, like, and I, and I'm responding, you know, like when I tear up, I'm responding to, to the thought of the pain that she walked through. Not that I'm not, I mean, I certainly had my own pain, but there was also a joy, um, a coming back to life that I've experienced um, that, that my, that Jessica has seen that my kids have seen. Um, I mean, I don't, I wake up every day. There's very few things I'm afraid of. <laughs> like I don't wake up anxious. I don't wake up. Um, I mean, I, and, and it's not like anything is like perfect in my life right now, but I'm me and everybody knows that I'm me. I don't have to like, all of my friends know I'm gay and I love it. Like, I love it. Like I, <laughs> it's a weird thing, but it's just nice to, it's nice to be fully seen and be and 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 be okay about it. Like I, it's just a beautiful. Um, it's freeing and and it's I I I I it's very. 
it's something I, it's so, for, it was a foreign feeling for me for so, and it's a weird, that's weird to say, but it really was. But it's not. And like, that's something that I would love for you to talk more about is like these, the, the great side of all of this, right? Because like, you know, there really, there really are moments of clarity and moments of joy in grief. There can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, I, I well, I, <laughs> Brene Brown was right. Like that, that's what, <laughs> as, as triggering as all of her things that she, that all of her like little memes made me feel. Um, she was right. There is this freedom in vulnerability that, um, that is, it is a beautiful thing. I can walk through the pain with my family because I know where, I know where I am emotionally and it, um, and, and, and I know where I am in, in my own truth. Um, and there is such a joy that I have found in that journey to get to where I am now that I can deal with this. I could deal with this over here. Um, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to deal with it to such a degree that they get to steal what I am experiencing or get to take away from what I'm experiencing because they were the, like that, all of that was what a big reason why I was unable to ever get to a place, um, you know, in my life earlier. And that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's, but what, what I'm saying is like in this process now, I, I find joy. I find like, it's, it's great. It's like, I'm on a path toward wholeness that I've never, I've never been on before. Like, and it's not like I'm, complete and perfect like it but it is a it's a different path and so like knowing that the path is, is though that I'm on like is the one that I'm supposed to be on it just like everything feels different now like everything like it's almost like the <laughs> like your universe like all of a sudden aligns with whatever it is that's supposed to align with and you feel oh my gosh like this was me the whole, like this is how God saw me and made me and loved me the whole time. And nobody's gonna steal that away from me. And it, but, but fear is a bitty. And so like it is getting past that, um, it's hard. And I think the, the, the flip side of that is the number of people after me, after I made the announcement last summer, the number of people who reached out to me, men and women, and told me their stories and them being in the same place. Like it, that, that was overwhelming to what degree the church has, holds people hostage in the closet. No, that, that's another part of it too, because I mean, you're not, I mean, being a Christian is, is a deep part of you, but also you work in, you work in the Christian, in the Christian field, so to speak too. I mean, so there was probably, I hopefully you're able to take some of that, that confidence and that good feeling, you know, that the ability that, that kind of, once you got past the fear of the unknown, we're able to take that with you to when it could have potentially altered your career in a significant way too, because you think about, I mean, this is decades ago now, but think about when Jennifer Knapp came out, people burned her CDs. And I'm but, and I'm standing on the, I'm standing on her story. I'm standing on all the people, you know, Ray Bolts and all. I mean, everyone who has been like walked through the fire. I 
I'm standing on their the shoulders of their stories. The other thing is that I long pissed off so many uh, people in the conservative world that they had long unfollowed me. Like there, there is a part of, there's a part of that circle that I'm so disconnected to because I haven't, you know, uh, I have been on a progressive thread to my faith story since, you know, 2005, 2004. And so the people over the years have the ones that disagreed with me when it comes to gay rights and the ones who disagreed with me about, you know, uh, my love of, Ob of Obama, my like, whatever, all those things, like they had long said goodbye to me. So that's one area. I think that's one reason, that was an, that's another reason why I think it was a different experience for me, um, you know, moving forward. I also think that because Jessica was so supportive, it really, um, while there was this mourning and, and this celebration, all right, there wasn't this verse, like we weren't at odds with each other. Like we did not want, we didn't want to project that. Um, even though at times there were moments when we, we, when we were personally like, you know, fighting or not very happy with each other, but like there was always that deep love or that, con that connected love that we had for each other that we would always get back to. Like this time last year in the process of knowing that I was going to come out in July 17th, 2020, um, I wasn't convinced that I would have a career. I mean, my, I had already gotten, my, my publisher told me that I, that they were going to, I mean, they, they have been behind me 100%. And I knew that I would have a publisher for a little while, but I didn't know if anyone would ever buy books. Like, you know, I mean, like, it's like, I, I write books for kids about God and yeah, so far it's been okay. like, it, that's, that's been a grace in all of that. It's been really beautiful to see that people um, support me in that way. Uh, even me, as liberal as I was <laughs> in the, like, I knew that there were a large number of people who bought my books because I was a married man with three kids, you know, whatever, like, you know, it's so, it's so like, there is this ex, I mean, I, I pictured book burnings. I, you know, that, I mean, I had it, I had it. <laughs> it was ugly. And there, and you know, and there was only, there were a couple tweets that, that people called for my books to be burned. <laughs> like, but what I'm saying is, is that it is the, the roller coaster, the, um, the, uh, the theatrics that you put yourself through in the process of making this and doing this in, in it's insanity in a lot of ways, but I survived it. And I, you know, day one was really hard. Day four, I didn't cry at all. Like, you know, I didn't cry the whole day, you know, it, it, it got better each and every time. And I know that because of, my influence and because of my circle of friends and because of just, you know, Jessica, like there was a privilege that I carried in that, that made my coming out story a little easier, a little more gracious than a lot of people who are in my situation. And they're, they, they, they tell me horror stories of just terrible divorces and one parent trying to keep you know, their kids away from the other parent, you know, it's terrible. Um, and so uh, the church 
the church could be a part of the solution. The church could be a part of a remedy or a healing in all of this. They choose not to. Like they choose over and over and over again not to be a part of the healing. Um, and, and it's not any, and, and no one's looking for this perfect, perfect love that we are, that, that we're like, oh my gosh, like we're all going to be all accepting all at once. One, you know, we're just looking for love and acceptance that isn't, that isn't tied to a bunch of asterisks. Um, and the church, the church just loves its asterisks. Even the church, like, I mean, I, there are so many churches out there that are, they welcome everybody. Like, you know, anybody can show up, but what you can't, you can't be a nursery worker or you can't be a Sunday school teacher or you can't be a worship singer, or blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's, uh, I don't know if the church will ever fully change um, and make that shift. But the reason why I just, the reason why coming out has been a powerful thing is that if my story can help individuals make the shift or make it easier for kids to fully love themselves so they don't have to go through the theatrics and the, and the, the acrobats uh, of, uh, of, of this, um, the, the, the head game and the heart game and like that I had to go through. Like if I can help somebody avoid that and then I'm, then it's all the pain, all the, the, the shittiness of this last year um, will be in a little way, a, a little bit of a way, ways worth it. Um, so, because like in my books, my books have long, like, I mean, in, in 2017 or 2015, I wrote the words to when God made you. And in that, in that part, there's a part in that book where it says, you, you, when God sees you, God delights in what is and sees only what's true. That you, yes, you, in all of your glory, bring color and rhythm and rhyme to God's story. So be you, fully you. A show-stopping review, live your life in full color, every tint, every hue. Discover, explore, have faith but love more, and learn and relearn all that God made you for. And so I wrote that for myself, but for every kid who was six years old and didn't know that they were gay yet inside the church, hoping that they would have an easier path regardless of what happened. I didn't know what my path was gonna be like. And so that is writing that little piece. And I thought like, I just burst into tears knowing that maybe, maybe that there was the, they'd understand that, uh, that every gay kid, they'd see it. <laughs> it's, it's so amazing. Oh, it's so um, beautiful. <laughs> so Matthew, one thing we do um, for every show, we ask this question, we ask, uh, our guest to uh, finish this sentence. We say grief is, it can be a single word. It can be a few words. How would you end that phrase? Grief is. Layered. It ebbs and flows in ways that I, that only somebody who's walked through it can fully comprehend. I think for me, I think on one side of grief, we have this, I think we have this belief of what grief is. And then to walk through it, um, 
and get on the other side, we can look back and we see that it was really nothing like we thought it was going to be. And every layer of grief is different for people. <laughs> like my, you know, there, I've watched my friend, I've watched a good friend of mine go through, walk through a different type of grief than I've walked through. Um, and she lost her son. And there are moments when I look at her and I see her in, in the middle of grief and I hardly recognize her. And there are moments that I, it's like it can, like moments later, it, it clicks and I, like she turns back into the, you know, the person that I know. It is a weird thing how it just all of a sudden just washes into you. Um, and I'm, that's a long answer, but I mean, I, in some ways grief is. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> so, um, well, so, but yeah, but you're also, so you, this journey you've been on too has also, uh, you said, you kind of mentioned this before we started recording how it, it is kind of in part in tied to your, your new book that just released last week. The, the whole, when, when, um, at the beginning of, uh, when Jessica and I were like at the very beginning stages of our therapy together, at the same time, um, Rachel died. She was in the hospital and, it, and so we were, I was, you know, I was certainly closer to Rachel than Jessica, but Jessica knew, I mean, it was, it was a very much, we were both grieving. Um, and so Rachel's death kind of added another layer of um, loneliness in it for me because like all of the people who I would have walked, walked with them through what I was going through were in such grief because of Rachel that I, that I held on to my part, my story, like for a while. And so I walked alone for a long time um, until, until I felt like the dam was going to burst. And, um, and so like three months, like almost the exact same time that my publisher and Dan invited me to be a part of this project, this, this children's book, um, I was able to open up to a whole bunch of friends who were in this very much this grief, grief process. And so writing this book was the good, the, was in some ways the hardest, most beautiful part of 2019, 2020 for me. It was a grace that I had no idea that I needed. Um, I needed that book. I needed that book before anybody else needed that book. I felt that book there. Uh, like the, I, it helped me writing that book. It helped me heal from my loss of Rachel, like in the sense of like, not heal, wrong word, but like it helped me process it. Cause I had, Rachel was like, I mean, I've lost grandparents, but you, you grieve differently, you know, for that kind of a loss. Like, I mean, I'd never lost a best friend. I'd never lost a parent. I never like, I mean, Rachel, I, I've never grieved for the loss of somebody in my life. Like I've, like I've grieved for Rachel. So being a part of these, to be able to carry these words across the finishing line and turn them into a book was a, um, was some of the most holy, holy work I've ever, I've ever had the privilege of doing. Um, 
And I felt for a while, I felt really unworthy of it because of where I was. Um, but it ended up being a part of the healing process for me and the hope. Yeah. <laughs> this book, all of the things that, are, that this book is doing now that it's out in, in the, you know, out in the world, it was doing to me for personally. And when it was just on my phone and I'm trying to finish it. So it's, it's such a good book, Jamie. Um, you should go buy it. I, I bought it for, for my son and we, we, we got back from our vacation and then Friday night it came into our mail and I'm like, we got to read this book tonight. <laughs> and so my, my wife read it to him and, you know, uh, we just love the story. There's just and... not, there's so like, it's so funny because like, it's, there are moments in it where you recognize this unique voice, like there's in the sense of like, of what it says, but for the most part, it is a, it's reiterating, it reiterates what we, most of us believe. Rachel had a way of taking, taking something that we already knew and, and, and bringing it to life again, like adding life to it. And it was all in the nuances. Like it was in the, it was in what she did say and in what she left out. And this book is the same way. It's, it, there's, a, it, it, there's as much grace in what isn't in that book as there is what is in that book. And so um, there are moments where you're just gonna be like, oh my gosh, like there's no other, there's no other book like this in, the, in, in, in our world, in the, in the faith world. Um, but it, I, I just, I know what the book did for me. And I think that there's something really special to it. Well, it's funny to say that because Jamie and I sometimes will be like, this podcast, we don't know if it's for anybody else <laughs> in the world, but for, for all the stuff we get out of it every single week, we're like, okay, this yeah, is no, weird. like it then. Abs absolutely. And, you know, hopefully this experience for you being on our, our show and sharing your story, um, you know. No, I love, I like, it's been a little bit of a therapy. <laughs> yes. And, you know, one of the things that, that um, I hadn't realized, somebody asked me recently this week, they said, you know, have you ever told your story um, about my, my chronic illness? They said, have you done your, your story on the podcast? Because I don't want you to have to relive it all the time. So do you have an episode that you've done about it that you can share with me so you don't have to tell it over and over again? So this could be, you know, that kind of opportunity for you is, you know, is just another, if people want more details, you say, hey, sure. <laughs> right. Like, I think that is, a, um, that, that is a really good thing, way to look at it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm so excited to share more information about your book, share this episode, because, um, you know, it, we need to touch on the grief associated, you know, with, um, with everything you've you've dealt with because you're not alone and there are so many people um that have been through the same thing and are probably still grieving you know there's people that are that are yet have yet to go through it so thank you for sharing your story because you're going to really you know you've already helped people you're going to continue to help people by by sharing and um and and growing so thank you so much i am grateful that i got to be a part of it so thank you so much for yes it's been so great matthew thank you thank you so much um jamie uh always good to see you and everyone we will talk to you later bye bye